Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Liam Gordis. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our rewatch category, Season 3 of Please Like Me. Liam, how are you? I am great. How are you going, Broderick? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. Not too bad at all. Uh, let's get straight into it. Let's not waste any time. Spoiler warning, on this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1, 2, and 3 of Please Like Me. If you've not yet watched Please Like Me, pause the podcast, go and watch it, and then come back and join us. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Quick breakdown. Season 3 of Please Like Me continues not too far from where we left off. Josh and Arnold are growing closer, though not officially romantically involved yet. Tom is unattached to anyone at all, even Neve. Alan and May's relationship is a little strained after May turned down Alan's proposal, and Rose and Hannah have left mental health care and are living together. Season 3 introduces a few new faces, most notably Gina Riley and Jeff Morell as Arnold's parents, and Emily Barclay as the eccentric Ella. Season 3 consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 25 minutes, and took us approximately 4 hours and 15 minutes to watch, basically the same length as the last season. Maybe two minutes longer. I think it was something oh, like that. Two minutes I too know. long. <laughs> two minutes too long. No. Oh, wow. Was this a drain of this season? Later? No, this season just dragged. It didn't at all. It's <laughs> a short season. It is. It's not too bad. No, I mean, it's no season one or four, which is six episodes, but yeah, it's certainly not taxing. Um, how long after season two do you think this takes place to you time-wise? Well, I was just, that's what I wrote down as you were doing that. I wrote down a note that I wanted to talk about this. Sure. Um, I think it's... Mere days. I think it's more than days. It's more. I see. Because well, what I reckon happens, right, is mm. it's mere days after the season starts. So the season starts mere days after the last season finished, right? Mm. And then there's months in the first episode. The first episode does take place over a longer stretch of time, though. I, isn't there a conversation they're having early on, sort of about how friendly Josh and and Arnold are? It seems to me like they've. It's probably been a month or maybe two at least since they've sort of been friends but not in a relationship sure. just sort of like I think I think there's a, there's a few there's more than a few days I think there's four to eight weeks personally one one big thing that makes me think it's less time yep is the fact that Ella is not really not sorry Grace is the fact that Grace is not really growing up Gra- I think Grace is a little older though Grace is to a point where she's like uh in one of those bouncy things those sure. like she's she's less of a like she's not just sitting there staring into the middle distance anymore mm-hmm. she's actually a little more animated than she was though she's still very much a baby though I think you're right that 
we'll get. I want to talk about episode one a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Episode one takes over an extended period of time. It's a really interesting episode, actually, what they achieve in that first episode. We'll come back to that, though. All I want from you right now, Liam, general thoughts on season three. Go. Uh, overall, overall, I actually, I really enjoy season three. Um, looking back on it when I first watched it, I don't think I did as much as I did the second time watching it. Sure. This time. I think um, I watched these episodes the first time thinking, comparing it too much maybe to what I had already seen the first two seasons, which I absolutely loved, mm-hmm. right? And it, made, and it felt like a, a bit of a different tone that was coming in. Probably more about, because we'll talk about this later, but the way that Josh sort of takes a back seat in terms of being the main character. Yeah. Right? It becomes more about the ensemble rather than Josh's story. Yep. Um, but watching it again and watching it for the, for the second time, maybe fourth time I've actually watched this. Um, yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed it and I think it 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 goes a little in a different route, but I think it's great. Sure. Really enjoyed it. I, I'm similar. I definitely like this season a lot. Surprised me how much I liked it. I We were talking a little bit beforehand or during watching season three and my memory is that the second half really takes a dive in a couple of places. And while I still think that the weakest episodes of the season are in the back half of the season, they weren't as bad as I remember them being. They weren't as flawed as I remember them being. They maybe feel more like standalone episodes rather than a uh, consistent story. Mm. So they no do over- try- do you notice they did try and seed episode plots Absolutely. ahead of time this season. Yeah. They do try and connect them a little bit more yep. um, going forward this season. There's a few things that will be talked about or appear in an episode earlier that will then eventuate mm-hmm. one or two episodes later. Um, but yeah, they are a little more standalone in places. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I It's almost the opposite of what my feelings of season two were. I, th- I thought for sure I knew that season two was my favorite season. And then li- watching it again, I was a little bit like, that's uh, a bit more flawed than I thought. And vice versa, season three, I was like, I thought was like my, uh, I know this is a bit flawed. And coming out of it a second time, like, actually, it was better than I thought. Mm-hmm. So it's evening out a bit, actually, which is very yeah. interesting. Um, I th- I still think it's it's strong in the same areas and weak in the same areas at times. Its weaknesses are have always been its weaknesses, I think. I think some weaknesses that we've had, we had in the first season maybe be getting better, uh, maybe fix themselves more, more so Josh and Tom acting. Oh, definitely. Um, Their performances are better than they've ever been. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I think just generally, like, especially the core cast is more confident and more, more comfortable with more each other. More comfortable. Yeah. And that you feel that. And that's a real strength of season three as it's gone on. Everyone seems like friends. Like, yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it doesn't seem like anyone, yeah, hates each other. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I definitely think that's a that's a major strength of the season. I think in some ways one of I think this is another case of if there's anything wrong with the season, it's just a little couple episodes too long still. Yeah, I completely like agree. If, if you cut it down a couple episodes, one or two, yeah, you could focus it a little bit more, and maybe that would be okay. Or or even in some ways, I think they're they're experimenting a little bit more. I don't think there's a standout episode like. Scroggin from last season. Agreed. There's no amazing hike episode that's just so uniquely amazing. I think they try for a couple of those, particularly episode ten. I think is trying to do something. It's almost a bottle episode. Um, it is. And I think it fails where Scroggin succeeded. I agree. Not as bad as I remember it failing, 
Yeah. I think there's still a lot of merit to it. I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time, but I still think it's one of the least successful, successful episodes of the season. I think it's one of the least successful episodes of the show. Agreed. I think so too. And I think part of that, as we talk about this a little bit later, is that it's one of the most sitcom-y episodes. Yeah. It, it feels like, oh, we're doing this Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, this even, Christmas special. Even at the start, start when with the shooting oh. star. And I was like, oh. I cringed at that. And it kind of, is it setting a tone when it does that deliberately? There's a, the shooting star over the house and like, they've set up that it's getting close to Christmas. And and then you like that opening shot in the house where it's doing that long one shot. Yeah. Like, here's, it, here's what everyone's doing. Here they, they are in there. Yeah. In this situation. What's what's the... It's going... It's stylized episode, Absolutely. but it's nowhere near as successful as like, Grogan is. I could imagine... I like it. I like the idea of it. I could imagine the show... I could imagine that being not in season three and being a Christmas special episode. Just being its own thing. Just being its own thing. Like, imagine I, if that I, came I out a couple of months later. I kind of wanted to be later. a parallel episode because I think... The, I think if there's a criticism you can make about the show, it's that some of sometimes the characters can be so unlikable mm. that it can be a little. It's hard to get on side with these characters, and I don't know if there's an episode where everybody is so intolerable oh, as this episode. Just, well, everyone's a dick. Like we talk about, everyone's an asshole, but it's 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 ridiculous in this episode. Going out of that, we'll come back to this. We'll come back to that. Yeah, but anyway, general generally though. Generally, the season... I, like. I actually really liked the season. Yeah. Okay, let's go do what we've been doing the last uh, couple of episodes. Let's go through the general storylines first and just how they played yep. out and what we thought of them. Fantastic. Starting with Josh. Josh, Arnold, and their relationship is pretty much the major crux of Josh's season. And what's really interesting about it is that it kind of ha- happens at the start and the end of the season and the middle section... It's barely there. They're happy. That's the thing. Yeah. And I really like this. Yeah. Because I don't think there's a lot to explore when a partner when people are working. It's, yeah. It's not dra- dramatic. They're just enjoying being together. Yeah. And so there's not a whole lot to mind there. So they sort of become the B and C story. But what they do is they front load the season. And so episode one, uh, which is called uh, Eggplant. Yeah is really interesting because, as you were saying, you were suggesting that takes place over a period of time. Yeah. What it essentially is, is almost a season's worth of relationship development mm-hmm. between Josh and Arnold in one episode. And we go from when we ended season one, um, sorry, ended season two, and take it to a point where they are officially in a relationship. Yeah. And we get there and it feels right and there's like zero other storylines in that episode as well. It's just focused. It's just scene after scene after scene after scene of getting them to that point where they're in a relationship. And it's good. It's really well focused, really focused, and really entertaining. And, and you you believe it because you had enough time with Arnold in the last season. Go I, re- I really like the way that they a good way of them showing that progression of time as well was with the chickens. Yeah, the chickens go from that, yeah go from being chicks chicks at the start to, to being full fledged. I don't know how long chickens. it takes a chick to become like a proper chicken, but long enough that you know it's been yeah. A reasonable, substantial amount of time. It's been more than a week, which mm-hmm. sometimes an episode of, of a television show can just be like, oh, that took place over a week. This obviously took place over a more extended period of time. And it does that deliberately so that this is not the focus of the season. And Josh is just a, absolutely a background player until we get to, say, episode 7, 8, 9, 10 of the season. And it's great. I don't... Like, 
It's not that I don't think Josh is interesting, but I think it just gives the other characters a chance to shine. And I really enjoy what they do, particularly with the other core characters this season, including Arnold, including um, Tom, including Claire and Ella, who we get to introduce to a little bit later. Yeah. Um, As for the second half, though, what does develop in the background is uh, Josh and Arnold while they're getting comfortable in the relationship, start trying to figure out what they want from their relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we they start talking about is the idea of... Monogamy. And or, not being... Or polyamory. polyamory or yeah. polygamy. And I, I get these things a little bit mixed up, which one means what. But essentially the idea that they're in an re- open relationship. Yeah. Which is something Arnold is definitely... Arnold is very sort of new age is not the right word, but sort of like... Um, open-minded millennial doesn't want to be defined by social constructs. And I can understand there's a lot of, I know people like this. I'm not one like that. Just for whatever reason, I'm much more traditionally monogamous sort of person. But I certainly see the argument for why it might not be a natural way for human beings to be. And that's his argument. It's interesting because he he says that he has those views and those values, right? Uh, and And then later on, once it actually happens, he does sort of, Start thinking, or oh, maybe he does get jealous, and maybe he, he can't. He's. I'm not saying that no, it's wrong that polyamory is something that whatever. But you it's see not going to make the work. Gonna, it's going to work or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting to see that as he may think that that's what he wants. Well, I think I think the tension is less that Arnold gets jealous and more that Josh. I think the way the show presents it is more a monogamous sort of person. He seems to be yeah. someone who gets attached. To Easily, people yeah. and wants to stay attached, um, as he's happy being in a, uh, in a um, one a relationship with one person at a time. Yeah, he wants to try in an open relationship because I think that intellectually it makes sense to him, and he, certainly for Arnold's sake, mm-hmm. that that sounds you know he wants to do it for him as well. He tries it, and because Josh is someone who does get attached to people. Doesn't re- he is bad at pl- at doing it the right way? He's bad at playing by the rules of of that open relationship, so which he is gets where in too deep. Which is where Arnold has a problem. Where Arnold's like when he finds out that this character Ben, who Josh ends up um, sleeping with, has him over, stays over. the night. Yeah, and this is the problem: yeah. is that then Arnold becomes worried that it's not that monogamy is or, or that polyamory or. Uh, polygamy isn't going to work for polyamory. I think it is. It's not going to work for Arnold, but maybe it's not the right thing for Josh and their relationship. If that yeah. makes sense, um, yeah. And, and and just seeing, yeah, Josh try that on is mm-hmm. is a big part of it. And then what that does to their relationship and the strain it puts in the relationship. Because by the end of the season, I think it's a mixture of the open relationship and a little bit of distrust between the two of them that yes. starts to form. And then the ongoing strain of Arnold's illness, mental illness, which is sort of on and off. It's sometimes he's in a good place and he's okay. And then sometimes it really puts a lot of tension on Josh to try and um, try and work with that, I guess, is what it is. I think a really good moment was in the first episode um, when <clears throat> after... Uh, Arnold has said he he I love you to to Josh right mm-hmm. when he's a, when he's asleep intended to be asleep and then Josh decides he wants to say it back to him yep and then Arnold is pulls back saying it's a big thing for me and and Josh is like yeah well I understand that but I understand that you're sick and you have 
anxiety problems or what have you. But sometimes my feelings have to be considered, considered as, well. as well. Yeah, and it's really interesting side to that, like because because uh, Josh is very much that character that is always trying to be aware of Arnold's Arnold's illness, illness and, and, and so forth, mum's illness and 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 everything else, other other people's problems. It's an interesting perspective, like. You you don't want to weigh up who's got the bigger issues here, but certainly let's look at how does being in a relationship with someone with a mental illness who can be unpredictable or irrational um, or over-emotional or whatever it might be, absolutely weigh how on does your- that weigh on the people around them as well? Exactly. And Josh is the example of that. And, and then, so yeah, you've got that. And then he asks Arnold to leave and they don't talk for a long time. <laughs> and then eventually get to a place where they decide they're in a relationship and it seems to be fine for a while. So we assume that for the most part, they're able to balance out those things and make it work. But then by Christmas time and the specifically the last episode or the last two episodes, Arnold is starting to get sicker again. Yeah. In a lot unravel of ways. Again. Unravel a little bit. His anxiety is starting to come out and that puts more stress on Joss to be, you know, he, Josh, for better or worse, and you talked about this last week, this is a trait that he gets from his dad, wants to be there to help. Mm -hmm. And he's quite successful at that at times, I think. But obviously, it means a lot of work for him. Um, And then it really, really comes to a head in the Christmas episode when one of the grossest things I've ever seen, honestly, would... I can see why that would be a big stretch. When when Arnold spits on Tom's food. Yeah. And it... It's really, really conf- like that's a really confronting thing for anyone to do. And yeah. Arnold seems like such a uh, unthreatening and like placid character to see him do something that is that just sort of gross and aggressive is a side we haven't seen before. And when the see- that episode ends and Arnold decides he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to live with Tom uh, with with John, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> with Josh. And then you can feel they're starting to maybe drift apart a little bit. That yep. the strain of Arnold's sickness is is affecting their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting place for the season to end. So, sort of the season arc for these two is they get into the relationship. It's hunky-dory for a while. And then after getting comfortable with each other, they're starting to... Unravel. The unravel a little bit. It's not a huge amount. No, just, just there's, you, you can see just the cracks see the forming. Of it. Yeah, and it happens. At the, it's book ended, so it's yeah. mainly at the start, and mainly at the end of the season. Um, but it's just enough, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I don't. I'm happy that we didn't have to fill the whole season with that. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm, I'm glad he was able to take that step back, like as the writer and director of some of these episodes as well. Yes. Josh. Which episodes? Do you remember which episodes he directed this season? Uh, Did he? J- Josh directed. The uh, Oxum, uh, the episode seven, I think, is the one you're talking about. The one where they take no, when they meet um, Ella. Oh, so he directed that's, um, Natural Spring Water. Natural Spring Water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So episode he, four. he, yeah, he, he, uh, yeah, he, he directed that one. That's that's some interesting filmmaking in it too. Yeah, when they're I, on MDMA for the first yeah, time, they have the floaty camera. Yeah, uh, which has never been. That's what I thought about when I when I watched the episode because it comes up directed by Josh Thomas, and mm. then that that's what's happened at that point that moment. In the episode, yeah. when the credits come up, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting. He, you can he, feel it's tangibly different. It's tangibly different, yeah. Directed differently. That's also an episode that has a couple of... Um, there's one specific uh, moment that feels very much like episode one as well. There's a bit between Arnold and Tom when they're at a vending machine. Because it's the same hospital yeah. that Rose is in episode one of season one. And it's 
almost a mirror image. Arnold is doing the same thing on the uh, vending machine that Claire is doing when she comes to visit Tom when he's visiting Rose. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's an interesting little reflection. I don't think it's saying a lot, except that, you know, Claire was the person he was most previously in a relationship with, and this is now his current partner. But it's a nice little nod back mm. to like, we're back here. We have been here before. Yeah. Um, if you remember that, you will, you, will, you will feel that reflection, that echo a little bit. All right, moving on. Let's just talk about Arnold a little bit more since we are already there already. Arnold has his own mini arc this season. Coming out to his parents. Coming out to his parents is a big one. His family. Oh, his fam- uh, yeah, his family, his, his parents and his brother. And it really, it, it takes up a couple of episodes. It's the episode where he's sort of building up to doing it. And then his episode, Crock and Bush, which is where he gets up the courage to do it at his birthday. I really like, there's a, there's a scene in particular that I really like in the build up. Mm-hmm. Which is the end of would have been episode two. I do not like this. You scene. You don't like this scene. Why nah, not? I think it's I think it's hokey. You think it's hokey? You're talking about to be specific. You're See talking ya. about. Oh, uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, him. I don't like it. You don't like I, it. I don't like it because I don't like what they're doing with Alan. I think it's the way the camera works and stuff like that. It feels. I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. I think they're trying to be. Like do something sweet, but they're also sort of poking fun at the convention, and they kind of can't have both. You can't go over the top and hope to have an emotional response. Why not? I don't think it. I think I think I you're think trying it pays, to too much. Because I I remember seeing it for the first time, and I still have the same feeling when I watch it the second time, and whatever time this is, I've watched this now. Was like that's a lovely moment. It feels to me. I think it's. I think it would be lovelier if they didn't do the the camera. Um, they sort of dolly in on Alan and dolly in on on Arnold. What? It what feels a- so hokey because of that. I I love that episode except for that moment. I think it's a great episode because what else is happening in that episode? Uh, it's episode two. It's simple when- carbohydrates. Tom is off bread. The opening. Oh, we'll come back to the stuff with Hannah at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that Alan's got this funny line about uh, what was it? Uh, Bloody oh, because, internet. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Bloody, Bloody internet. internet. Sick of it. Sick of it. Um, it's such, a, such a dad line. Such a dad line. <laughs> Where May... Oh, we'll come back to their storyline. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's a, it, I generally like that episode a lot. Um, but that bit at the end for me is just a little too much. Yeah. But fair enough. If you like it, you like it. That time we disagreed with something, right? Yeah, I know. It was about time, wasn't it? Well, it took three seasons. <laughs> the But then the follow-up episode, the Crock and Bush episode... Which is where they go to Arnold's parents' place for the birthday party. I really like. See, I I'm not a not sold on the whole episode. There's on, there's moments of that episode that I like. Which episodes don't you like? Sorry? Which I would sorry. Which, which parts, parts of that don't there, you like? There's parts um, at the party where I'm just a little bit. It feels a bit forced. Such as. Such as the the putting the ring on the. I finger. like that. Nah, I like that, that scene because to me that is something I like the awkwardness, but the also the lack of reaction. Yeah, because I think that's a really funny moment. So what so what happens to be clear to the audience? Uh, Arnold's mum, played by Gina Riley, who is fucking great. She's incredible. I love her. Um, takes off her wedding ring because I think she's doing something in the kitchen, and then she walks away, and Josh puts the wedding ring on. Because he Cause just does. Idiot. Like he said, I don't know why I did I was, it. I it just it seems been funny. Uh, you know, does that sound like a uh, funny thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Josh is funny. Yeah, Josh uh, is funny. Josh is funny. Um, and they get stuck. And then so it's the reality of they're at a party. People are going to notice. He's trying to get it off. Him and Arnold are trying to get it off. Then Gina comes. Uh, Arnold's mum comes over and tries to take it off. Then the dad. And then 
also not sure about what Tom's doing in this episode as well, about the money from his boss because uh, he because of the sexual harassment lawsuit that was happening. I don't know. It's just okay. That that bit I can is is fair. It's a, it's a bit of a nothing event. It's like they're just filling up space with Tom before he gets to the next episode exactly. where Tom's storyline really pays off. One hundred percent agree with that. But I li- I don't know. I like the ring bit because I understand Josh's embarrassment, but I also like that no one's really making a big deal about it. That. It's not going to be a big event. It's an awkward moment, but whatever. Everyone's just like, it doesn't matter. I like that. It feels real to me. It's funny in its in its genuine awkwardness. But also... I mean, I laughed at it's it, more but it just doesn't... Awkward. I don't know if it was... I mean, I, it, to yeah. me, it's it's like we've talked about these moments in, in the past where there's just there's little things in there that sometimes feel a little overplayed. Maybe you're reacting to this the same way I react to like Josh peeing in the cup. Yeah, I think so. Or... There was another one in season two. There was another thing I didn't like that I, I thought was a little hokey and overdone. Can't remember what it was. But I like this one a bit more. Maybe it's because I like Gina Riley so much. I just like the way she plays that she scene. Does, she does sell that scene. Yeah. And I think it's sold better than some of those other ones. It feels to me like a story that Josh Thomas has that he would normally tell in his stand-up. Yeah. That has come to life, but it's a little more successful for me. Okay. I like it. And then we get to the actual coming out scene. Which is I think is brilliant. Which is great. And it very, feels it's Arnold is exactly as he would be, extremely well rehearsed, extremely nervous, but he finally gets it out there. The reaction from his brother when he realizes it's gonna he's coming. Oh my god. Oh, shit, he's shit, he's doing it. He's coming he's out. He's coming out. No, he's not, he's not coming and out. And I, I said in a previous episode that I disliked that Steve. character, Steve, because I know him so well. But he was he's redeemed so much in this episode because he's a good brother. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great brother. As much as he's still a dickhead, yeah. He's still a good brother to Arnold. Um his reaction's great, and the Gina Riley's reaction is, I knew, I've read your diary. Yeah. And then the dad's reaction, which is... I'm not angry. It's, it's more about you lying to me. Yeah. Which is just a, such just a dad such thing a to front, though, as well. Yeah, like, it is, yeah. Absolutely but, not. It's him going, okay, I can't be homophobic, but... Yeah. Like, it's, it's about the fact that you lied to me. Yeah, it's, making up a bullshit uh, excuse for his like, feelings. I think... I think his then parents, when he whacks the crock and bush, what a dick yeah, move. And it's like, yeah. The parents, Gina Riley. I'm not sure what the actor. Uh, let me double is. check. I, I mean, I like that guy too. I don't know his name off by heart. He, he plays Jeff Morell. Jeff plays another type of dad, like well, I think he does. He, yeah, he does. he's a different type of dad. I love the bit uh, when he's talking to Josh about. No, there's more to it than that, Josh. It's, it's, it's you've got, charisma. You've, you've got, got charm- charisma. Yeah. That's what it is. They're coming back because your charisma. Just like you trust me in this, and that that is, and even his conversation with with, with Tom. Tom, yeah, ask uh, for ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I like totally know those dads too. Yeah, or uh, or friends of mine's dads. Yeah, like that's the bit they get across is like meeting someone else's dad. Yeah, and what that feels Absolutely. like. And mum uh, in general, Riley, I I think they get that across perfectly. Uh, I like them. I've always liked him. He's great in Changi. Um, oh, that's that's what he's in. Yeah. yeah. He's the, uh, like, their Great. superior. Great series. Great. I, I, I would to, like to I do an to episode about Changi, actually. Changi on DVD, I think. Yeah, you I love that show it's so much. Brilliant that. Australian television show. Everyone Australian should Australian television? Yeah. Brilliant. It's just a great television great show. Television show. <laughs> but I, I would like to do, talk about that one day because I think that's Absolutely. a show that needs to be talked about more. It was so cool. Um, I, was, I remember that coming out very when I was very young. Yeah, we were pretty little. still... It's around, around the 2000s it. sort of area. Like, that's, that was one of the first shows I really appreciated for, like, this okay, this good Australian, like, Australian stuff. I know that we sounds... Keep doing it. I know we talk about that, but, like, really, back then, there was hardly any good Australian television. No, that's not true. Well, like, as, as There was nothing the, that was that 
that good. That that's what I meant. Yeah, there was. I think there was. I think there's television from that era that things like um, date date is it Dateline? No, Frontline. Frontline. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I do remember. And that. like and like shows like Frontline or like there's there's stuff out there that's definitely great. But I sort of see what you're saying in terms of like maybe the first thing there was an Australian story that was that effective for you. Yeah. That was that unique and that well told. And um, I mean, that's got it's about it's a it's a show about. Prisoners war, of prison war. war camp, war camp. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And then the com- and comedy that comes out of that in the drama as well. And then also the stories about these older men yeah. and the effects of their time in a prison camp as old as like geriatric people. Yeah. Oh my when, God. when I say Australian television in that regard as well, it felt very Australian. In, it's an Australian story. Australian story. Exactly. Like it felt like okay, this is what Australians would be like. If they're all grouped together in the yeah, war camp, right? Yeah, yeah, like playing cricket and stuff, and and yeah, and like that. It's that. It's it reminds me of like we talk about Anzac Day. This is for people who are international listeners. This is getting a little bit off, but Australia is a country that is never. We're very lucky in terms of, apart from committing trying to commit genocide when Trocities, we invaded, yeah, yeah uh, when white men came to Australia, which I fully acknowledge is is part of our history, we. And we were part of World War One and World War Two. We've gone to Vietnam and, the, and those sorts of things. We have not had a major conflict on our soil. No, it just hasn't happened. We don't have. This isn't like the United States where they're similar age to us, a little bit older, but they have had civil wars and so forth, and War of Independence and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that. We have gone overseas. We've had some attacks on our soil, but nothing to the extent of like what's gone on, say, in the UK during World War Two, where London was being bombed. Um, or just generally, I mean, you think about Europeans got histories and his- of centuries of war. We don't have that. What we have is more recent history, and our we have this big sense of com- of mateship yeah. that comes from war. It's big, the, our most famous war story is one of Gallipoli, which I think is a little un- misrepresented a little bit. I went to a great exhibition when I was in Wellington, though, in New Zealand, because the Anzacs is the Australian New Zealand Army Corps. Um, they had a fantastic one that sort of showed sometimes Gallipoli gets and war can sometimes be uh, glorified a bit too much yep. in this situation. Gallipoli was a fucking, fucking oh, shit show. Just a shit show. And Absolutely. seeing that side of it was really important because I think that's gotten sometimes for the mateship side of things. But for better or worse, that is what we've attached ourselves to in our history of war. And Changi does a really good job of of representing that Australian idea of mateship and looking after your, your mates, mates yeah, and all that sort of cover. thing. Yeah. So, without getting too political, if that's something that you um, have any sort of attachment to at all, Changi does a brilliant job of that. Absolutely. But it also shows the effects of a prisoner of war oh, on absolutely. individual people, which is where it's also good. It shows the darkness as well as the mateship and stuff like that. Anyway, please like me. Sorry, everyone should watch Changi though. It's a really yeah, good series. That, so that guy, that actor, I would like to re-explore that, that now. That's great. Adult. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> that's, that's where that <laughs> that's went where from. that came from. Yeah, he did great. He did great job. Great he was job. excellent. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the coming that was an old story. The coming about coming out story, and it only lasts a couple of episodes, but it's really effective. I think it does have uh, uh, overarching effects on where he is and where where he's situated as well with the rest of the show. Well, it means that he isn't living he's at living, home anymore. He's living with Josh and yeah. Tom. That's true. And this, this is almost some of this is happening in order here because once that that sort of gets resolved, we move on to introducing a new character 
in Ella, the very next episode. I might be in love with Ella. Yeah, me too. I can. I think there's an argument that she's a bit of a mate pixie dream girl sure. or that she might be a little bit irritating, a little bit too twee, whatever. I don't care. Say no, what you will. Either. I really like Ella. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Ella. She's really entertaining and really adorable. Emily Barkley? Uh, uh, Emily Barkley. Emily Barkley. Barclay. Barclay, Barclay, I believe. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Emily Barkley. I, I, what I loved about this, right, is because when I watched a featurette uh, when, this, when this season came out, mm-hmm. right, um, about Emily Barclay, and she's talking about how she loved the show so much before she was in the show, right? Yeah. She, she felt like she was already friends with these people. So when she came, she came into the show, she was able to be like, hey, what, you know, just hang out with them. And they may not have had the same feelings of her sure. because cause she was watching the show as if she was part of the show already. Yeah. And they, they had no idea who she was and, and how, <laughs> how affronty that was and how, yeah. It's really interesting. She seems like a really interesting personality. Have you got her on, on Instagram? Or, yeah, yeah, do you? Well, she's with Tom. She, Her and Tom Water are in a relationship now. They are. and but I don't know you, if that was before. Or after. She's making another show called... Glitch? Glitch. Do you ever watch her... Uh, snap stories of... Oh, my God. Patrick Bramble? She seems like the most irritating person Absolutely. in the entire world. Yeah. In a really funny so way. Funny. Well, you you're can following tell, her on YouTube. Tell, yeah. Or following her on the internet. But, my God, she must drive people insane. Yeah. Um... But I appreciate her work as Ella, and I think Ella is extremely... Uh, and she's there to sort of be the new woman in Tom's life. So, after the shit show that was Tom's love life last season, and but- him just being a generally shit person, um, this is his redemption arc, maybe, finally. Although, he's still a shit guy. <laughs> still makes some bad decisions, but... Really bad decisions. I like... I like that she'll sort of call him out on his shit and be like, okay, I need you to know that this, what you're doing, I'm not going to break up with you, right? Mm. But it's not because I don't appreciate myself. And yeah, re-watching this, there's a part of it where I, you respect that she is, you know, realizes that he's a bit of a naughty puppy and that he just needs to get a little bit of a whack on the nose sometimes. Yeah. Um, but also I worry that she is kind of with him because she has, she actually has so such low self-esteem that, um, that for some reason she, she needs to be with somebody who treats her badly. I'm a little bit worried that's part of her personality. Yeah. Um, and that might be informed a little bit by what happens next season. Maybe. Which we'll get to next season. But watching it again, I'm, I, I kind of... Uh, I think that she's a bit of a sad character in that aspect that she doesn't quite have enough self-respect to actually to actually give Tom what he deserves, which is probably less forgiveness than she gives him. Absolutely. He she's very forgiving with him. I also think she has some of just the best lines and just And she brings out a lot of comedy out of the others too. Exactly. She's just a really warm Fun presence. And I yeah. love. I love her as a uh, the uh, flip side on Claire a bit too. Mm. They really don't get along, and not the same way that Neve and Claire didn't get on. In that Claire is a much more cynical person. Yeah. There, and she's a very optimistic person. Yeah. And they rub each other the wrong way because of that. And there's a great scene where Claire is talking about her and like. So she calls her like a, a Disney, Disney princess, princess that's trying to make it in the real world. And then I got angry at her because she she used Disney against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> then, like, then yeah. she walks in and it's like, what the actual heck? I can still hear you with my ears. And like, she's got some very twee lines, but it's extremely fun. And I like her. But the point is, 
that this is the Tom storyline this season is him forming this connection with Ella, mm. and then Claire comes back as always because <laughs> Claire always comes back into Tom's life, but maybe navigating that a little more successfully this time. Yes, than last time. I think he falls on some bad habits. I think he is still a little bit more in love with Claire, but I also do think he's gotten over a lot more this season. And we get to a situation where they move past a bit of the bump in the road that involves Claire, but essentially Tom and Ella are together at the end of this season. Mm -hmm. And I actually like them together. Agreed. Which I didn't necessarily like. I've never liked him with Neve. I didn't always believe him and Claire um, as much as I like them both. There were some really lovely scenes with him and Ella, like when he's just broken his arm and they're talking about his dreams. Oh, and she's yeah. writing his dreams on there. And so it's like, yeah, no, this looks, this feels like a, an actual relationship yeah. as opposed to the other relationships that he's been in, in the show. Is it weird thing to say? I just enjoy when Ella gets around just wearing like one of Tom's shirts and it feels like a no makeup or very little makeup, you know, for TV or whatever. I'm like, she so feels just so comfortable she does feel comfortable in that setting doesn't in she? that setting and that like works um and then also there's the scene in the cafe where they sort of decide to become boyfriend and girlfriend and they just say horrible things to each other yeah. but you can also you can see, see the they're connecting yeah. because they're both being sarcastic or they're both being just funny such a shit well, just such a shit, shit guy oh thing no i've got another shit boyfriend and that line is beautiful because she accepts that that she's acknowledging that they are boyfriend and girlfriend yeah even though they're essentially taking to get each other. It's stuff like that that makes me... It makes Tom better. It does, absolutely. He's more entertaining when he's with Ella. Um, so, I like that. Then we've got Claire. Mm-hmm. And once again, Claire starts this season not being in the show. And the show isn't worse. It's not bad at that stage. But the show is always better when Claire is there. No, absolutely agree. It just and is. The more Claire is. there is, the better it is. There's no way around it. She's just a good... She's a really good... When you've got Tom and Josh and Claire together, things are good. Yep. It's just a good show to watch when it's the three of them. They work for whatever reason. It's probably maybe just because they've been there the longest. They've, that was the trio from the original season. But I really enjoy those three together. And Claire's storyline, once Ella is introduced, is then very interesting too. We get to have a couple of episodes. And this, this is the cycle, right? It's like two episodes of Arnold, two episodes of Tom, two episodes of Claire. Claire has... An, a, an arc about having an abortion mm. and a really good episode I feel great episode of where Caitlin Stacy gets to fucking knock it out of the park yeah just exploring what it means for a young woman to have to face the choice of having an abortion and what that puts her through emotionally and physically that that scene where they're sitting there talking about irrational thoughts they had eating, yeah. eating chicken eating is just some chicken. of the, the best Best performance I've I've ever seen, Caitlin Stacy. Yeah, and then also Josh, and it makes him better too. And he's exactly. definitely and Josh Thomas is definitely becoming a better he, putting in better performances this season as mm. well. Um, but I, the I real know. range you don't really see. You maybe not see with Caitlin Stacy with the rest of the, the earlier in the show, like only because the role didn't ask her to exactly. do it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think she's capable of it though. Yeah, I think she's always been capable of it. It was just that the show didn't really ask her that much of her until then. I wish Damask was here to talk about this a little bit more because it's the two of us don't have a whole lot of insight into uh, women's bodies and their how they use them and their don't rights. About you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, ew. <laughs> um, but what it what is there, I think, is really good. I think it's just very again very honest. It doesn't shy away from talking about the whole process, 
the decision-making process, the her keeping it a secret from a lot of people for a while, going to Josh because apparently he's the closest, bestest friend she has, the poor girl. Um, <laughs> then the actual going to a sexual health cl- or women's clinic, having... What's that actress's name that plays... Denise the- Scott. Denise Scott. I haven't seen Denise Scott there. I... So lovely to see Denise Scott. Love Denise Scott too. Playing just a serious character, like yeah, it's great. Oh, she's funny. She's a couple of she's dry, one funny of the funniest lines, people though. in Australian com- comedy, in my opinion. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, um, but then like that process of going and and the discussion with the doctor about that, and then actually getting the uh, medication to do it, and what that whole experience is like, both again physically and emotionally. Um, and then like she says, it's like, it's one of those moments where they acknowledge that, and the show has always been building towards this idea of them like becoming adults, right? But she says like, this is it. We're adults now. We're not practicing, practicing anymore. Yeah. We're, this is, and it's like, yeah, shit's getting real. Um, I think is a, is a landmark moment in the show. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, it can, it could feel on the nose to like outright say it. But I think it's a, I think it's what I, I've had that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Of just going, fuck, where we? I am an adult now, aren't I? I need to be doing adult things, making adult decisions. This is kind of scary. Mm. Um, I really, really, really like that episode a lot. All right, let's start running through these a little bit because at that point, that's the major story arcs. The rest of the stuff that's happening tends to be more background stuff, though. There is moments where these storylines come to the surface a bit. Alan and May. Episode two, we find out that Mays had an affair. Um, while she was pregnant. While she was pregnant with a pregnancy fetishist that she met online. She claims that she was a slave to her hormones. Um, and that puts strain on their relationship, obviously. Alan moves out for a while. In the back, um, That's an interesting bit. Alan goes to live with Josh um, and Tom for a while. And that's fun to have Alan around a little bit more. Alan also shows up to go and... Well, he finds out that they've taken MDMA and they're at the hospital because um, Tom has hurt himself. And that's an interesting scene. Just just angry dad scene, oh, which I felt so was good. very real too. He's a great actor. Really Him like yelling guy. and just like, I don't think they were rea- they were acting at that point, the kids. Just just like... like just They were feeling like shit. Really intimidated. Yeah, uh, yelling at us right now. Yeah. I love that Ella goes to introduce herself to Alan at that stage and he does shake her hand. Yeah, but he doesn't acknowledge her because he's so focused on what's happening with Tom. But then he remembers her name when she gives him flowers. Just no, no, thank, no, thank yeah. you, Ella. I love that. I like that because that is Alan to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's like he just cares, and then, and then he takes so a much. Yeah, and then he just takes a second. He's like, "Well, you're, you're really pretty. Is this the this is the girl you're telling me about?" Yeah, Tom? and it's like, yeah, he does. Like he had that moment. He obviously. gets it out, and then he continues to be supportive, Dad. He just needed to vent the frustration. He had a shit of night. At he that point. had a shit. Little period, I think, there. And then over a period of time, him and May start to get back together. And that's kind of... That's the end of that storyline. There's not a whole lot more going on there until the last episode where May is um, cry- control crying with Grace. It's kind of it. I like that moment in the car when they've just... When he's just driven Stuart down the road. Oh, I, for- I want to talk about that when we get to the Rose bit, Yeah. Uh, but like that that moment, like you can like when they're on their way to go save Rose, and and she's laughing, and then you can see they're in they're in a good place. Yeah, that's true. They've gotten back into this good place, and yeah. But it's it's like it's like we miss so many moments. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we just sort of check in on them and see where they're at emotionally or you know connection wise at that point in time. Yeah. We're not really seeing the 
the build-up. Um, but speaking of Rose, then you've got Rose and Hannah living together in a house. This, to me, is the biggest tragedy of this season. Completely agree. Is that I love what they did with Rose last season. Yep. I love Hannah as a character. I think we totally miss out on a lot with them. We have, again, it's like Alan and May. We just check in on them occasionally. Yeah. We've got Rose's thing with Stuart, which I just find completely nothing. Yeah, absolutely agree. Stuart is not interesting enough. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. I don't think... I think Bob Franklin, who plays the character, does a fine job of it. I think he does a great job of being a complete fucking douchebag. Mm-hmm. I like the I like Hannah and his antagonism towards each other. I think that's very real. I like Hannah in I like any scene that they're in generally. But I just don't think there's there's no meat there. No, there's not meat. There's no meat. And a big part of it, I think, is because Josh and Rose are kept apart for this, this oh. entire season. And except for the last episode, I think, um, where they are all together for the Christmas thing... There's only phone calls between Josh and Rose that last mm, about 30 seconds each time. And it's just when it was such a... You think about the best episode of the entire show is Scroggin, which is Josh and Rose. To keep them apart for an entire season feels like... It's just... I understand why they've they've taken the focus off them. But is there a reason, sucks. do you think, that like production-wise, why that might have happened? No, I don't think so. I don't so. think either of them are really doing anything else. I don't think that was the issue. I think it was literally just... they wanted to stay, I, I can see the... I can see the reason to not to take the focus off them because it was so big last season or the first, first two, two seasons. seasons, yeah. And to, they want to put the focus on, other, on the ensemble, and that's great. But Rose in particular suffers because of it. Still let them, yeah, because it just they don't have we don't have enough time with her because she's not around Josh. I think yeah, a lot of the best stuff with her is with Josh being his mum. Yeah, and that relationship. You're right, and that's that's definitely what's lacking. And it's a show about young people becoming adults and taking some of these more caring roles. And the idea is that we, I think what the show is trying to do is show that over this season, uh, Rose has gotten worse. Yeah. She has come off a of medication and she's manic by the end of the season again. And you can see that her behavior at the Christmas episode is similar to her behavior in episode one of season two, yep. where she is completely manic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of conversations between Rose and Hannah about going on and off medication, which is very good. Mm-hmm. And and Hannah in particular has some very confronting scenes where she is self-harming, yeah. which I love, but they are so brief mm-hmm. that they don't get a we don't get to digest them and really explore like literally them. And one of that those sucks. One of those scenes is at the start of the last episode and they t- said, well let's talk about this later. And we and don't. And we don't because it's like all oh, between mains and desserts and that was the joke. We know that Hannah's in a shit place. Hannah's in a shitty place. Which we know. And I, the the first time we see her self-harming is a fantastic scene at the start of episode two. You just don't know what... You don't... It, it's very... <sighs> she's just going about the, around the, about the motions. Is that the word? She's going... Through the motions. She's going through the motions at that point. Like she's on the phone trying to get her phone reconnected. She's frustrated. She's, she's frustrated. In a darker place. Darker place, yeah. It's really interesting. And you see it and it's super confronting and really effective and then it's abandoned. And I think that's my... It's It sucks to see something with such dramatic potential and then to see it just sort of left on the floor. Yeah. It sucks. Um, because the rest of that episode is about Rose and Hannah kind of figuring out if they get along or not when they go out to a, a lesbian bar. And it's... Eh. I completely forgot about that episode. It's like 
It's just that it's a part of the episode. You remember the rest of that episode, which is the stuff with Arnold getting ready for... Um, it's like him building up an Alan, um, oh, yeah, and all yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It's just that it's not. It's it's hard to reconcile that storyline when I'm seeing here going. But I need to explore what Hannah was doing at the start of this episode. I wonder. I was trying to figure out what they should have done with that scene. That scene to me should have been at the end of the episode. That should have been a button. That should have been a way you finish the episode. Don't have that at the start. Have Hannah self harming at the end because then we don't. Uh, it, we're, when you put it at the start of the episode, you're asking to address it. In yeah. the rest of the episode. If you put at the end of the episode, you are that is your point. That is your that is your you're saying I want you to digest this and we'll come back to it later. Especially if if you end the episode in a in a happy spot. Like between her and Rose, they're in a better position, right? They, yep. You know, they talk about how, yeah, I like you, I like you too, right? Then be in a in a better position housemate wise. Yeah. For her to be in the happy moment, but still self-harming. That's right. Would be a much more, would be a lot more heavier and a little more um, hard hitting. It'd be so more meaningful. Speak. It would just there's more context to it. It and then uh, yeah, again, I, I'm not. I don't think I would expect to see it next episode talked about. But putting it at the front of the episode and then not exploring it again, specifically with Hannah until the very end of the season at all, and even then it's just like as you said, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, I just it's a missed opportunity for me. I think they set it up and then they like whiffed the spike, mm-hmm. which sucks. Because um, I love um, what they're doing with Rose. I love Rose as a character. I love Hannah as a character. And then this Stuart stuff is in there and I'm just like, God, there is so much more interesting stuff to be doing here. Why are we here? As much as I do like the scene that you were talking about where Stuart is having the sit-in and then Alan has to come and be the hero. But that's more about Alan than it is about Rose and Hannah. Absolutely. And that sucks. Yeah, it really does suck. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's good to see, um, speaking of of those bit part comedians that keep showing up every now and then, Mm -hmm. it's good to see Luke McGregor back. As that real estate agent, same real estate agent, which is same cool. real estate agent. And then he had when had his own TV show about being a real estate. I agent. know. I was thinking but that. I really too. hope that's the same character. <laughs> I was watching a little bit of Utopia for the first time the other day, and I love so his stuff good. with him and with Celia Bacuola. Just like yeah, those two together. I can see are why great. they went. And they, yeah, they're so good. I can see why they went and made um, Rosehaven. I want to talk about Rosehaven on this one day as well. You should because I haven't seen more than two or three episodes of that yet. I want to watch the whole thing. Very good. Yeah, cool. It's a great show. Another great Australian television. <laughs> All right, let's move on and just talk about a few specific points of episodes or, or things that you want to bring up. We've already talked about a lot of it, actually. It's just come up through talking about the storylines, which is great. Uh, a couple of dumb notes that I just want to bring up. 
One, episode six, Pancakes and Faces. Um, this is the Claire abortion episode, which I really like. Mm-hmm. I don't like the ending with the... This is similar to the Arnold and uh, Alan bit that I don't like from episode two. I do not like the Claire Zilla thing. With, oh, I actually hate that. With uh, it's, They try and build up this like anticipation for this thing with Tom what is, building... What is he building? A cardboard, yeah. cardboard city. And then I just don't feel like that... It feels so forced. Them jumping around and holding up the Claire Zilla that. signs up. <laughs> Watch that specific <laughs> thing. No, no, it doesn't work. No, it just feels gross. As great as that episode is. As great as that episode is, and even as much as I can sort of get on board with Claire sentiment. and the sentiment there. Um, nah, that was a setup again. They whiffed. Yeah. But, but even then, the setup wasn't very good. I don't think I ever cared about Tom's dumb. No, but I like that that was sort of an over underlaid. Like, what there's something for them to be doing. I like the idea. I like. I like that. I don't like what it actually is, though. There's moments where Alan's doing it when he's living there. Yeah, sure. Uh, like, there's there's moments where it's just it's just there in the background. But you're right. The payoff is not wasn't as hard hitting as I think they thought they would have been. Sure. Can I also talk about? A really dumb thing. This is something that only I could possibly be irritated by. Which episode? Episode eight, which is amoxicillin. Am- uh, amoxicillin. Yeah, I got that right. There we go. The chlamydia episode. Uh, yeah, the chlamydia episode, right? This is dumb. Super dumb. Uh, I May- I'm about to go. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you I? are. May asked Josh to babysit... Grace, because she's making dinner for Alan that night. Yeah. Right? She comes over to drop Grace off, and it is pitch black dark. But we know it's within a month or so of Christmas, because we know Christmas is coming, because Ben has said so previously. And I am like sitting there going, this is Melbourne. Unless it's like 10 p.m., there's no way it's this dark. Maybe it's just a really cloudy day. No, no, no. It's not that dark at... Any time that would be before dinner in Melbourne, that close to Christmas. I'm sorry. It's just true. I just find that. I found that really annoying. Yes. You're I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I just, I just needed to it's point like that you out. Have all no- you've all people know how hard it is to make a television show, right? I just, that's a detail that you should get right. Oh. I can understand why, when you're, especially when you're going to an international audience, though. You don't want to make it confusing that it looks like daylight outside. No, it's not the problem. I don't think that's that the, is problem. the problem. It's we're in nighttime now, so this scene's set in nighttime. She's coming. We're about to have but dinner. But it's not this dark. Sudden, no, I can't. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to put that out there. I just wanted to make sure people understood my pain. Um, I don't think anyone understands your pain. I think they understand my pain from listening to you, to you talk about that just then. Okay. Wow. Uh, let's talk about. You want to talk about the last few episodes. I want to talk about episode nine. Episode nine? In particular. Because I know you had, before going into this, I know you had specific concerns. You're like, yeah, this was the one of the last your- couple of episodes I remember from watching the first time, I had real problems with both of them. And I, and I agreed with you because of a certain aspect of this episode. And then watching it again. And I think I remember watching it the first time. It did bring me... Okay, we'll talk about what the problem is yeah. here. So, the problem is... When they're inside the Ferris wheel, the observation wheel, the Melbourne star, 
which again to me feels like another TV show going, hey, let's put these characters somewhere. I think somewhere. there's a couple of those this season yeah. where they're a little bit of like, huh, we're in Melbourne. Huh? Yeah, it's getting a little bit, any questions for Ben for me a couple of times. Exactly, when yeah. we were talking about that the first season. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're in the observation wheel um, and clearly something's what, gone wrong what, with the audio. What has happened? It's, there's, there's three options here. Either One, someone the, has fucked up, someone's fucked which, up which, explains why, which explains why my friend... Got hired for the fourth season. Ah, yeah. so someone <laughs> fucked up the audio. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, Number two, it was really noisy on there, but I've never been on it, so I, I don't have know. been on it, and it's is noisy. It's noisy. Okay, so it could have been that. So the audio was shit because of that reason. Third episode, I had a three. I had three reasons written down. With the wheel, so what went wrong? Did the audio suck? Was the wheel too loud? Did they lose the audio while filming? So it was like, was it just that the audio wasn't captured properly? Was it that the thing was so loud that it fucked up their audio, or did someone like accidentally lose the audio? Like they're the options for why they're the, they're the three options. The entire and it is like a or there's a fourth half. episode. There's fourth fourth reason they sure. thought it might be a problem. Let's just not record audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just didn't and have we'll, audio at we'll all. ADR it. But that's a, like it's a huge portion. It's the dramatic core of this of this episode, and it is all ADR. It wasn't as Bad as I remember it being, until you see Tom talking. Tom doesn't. Tom cannot ADR no. for his life. I, I don't blame them. They, no, so many people hard. aren't actors. It sucks, and you're trying to recreate that emotion and that naturalness from when you when I imagine they probably weren't all in the same room doing it too. No. They were trying to recreate what they sounded like based off the audio they probably do have, mm-hmm. which sucks because they're trying to recreate it and doing it alone. Because you're in a booth doing this, and it sounds like they're recording in a booth, which is the problem with ADR. And it's, I I've talked about this on previous episodes of Damask. I had like Westworld. I know when there's ADR lines in Westworld yeah. as well, and yeah. I feel it. And I might be one of the only people in the world that really cares about this stuff. But Thing I is always though, like, feel you it. Can, you can have ADR and still make it work. Like something, for instance, like Arrested Development. No, those- that doesn't work though. It works because they it goes by in the blink of an eye because it's used. To make a because it happens a lot in season yeah, four when they're trying to wrap up the story and there's yeah. too much story, so they have to like truncate a scene to two lines between characters, yeah. and it only it's only acceptable because you know where the show is because well just because it moves past it at the speed of light. Okay. It's not like a full scene. It's not, it's not a whole episode. Yeah, um, you're right. Like there's, I can just imagine how good putting aside the part that. They're clearly in the observation wheel because they got paid to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Putting aside that, how good that episode would be if the audio was... I I think the writing... That was what I came away going. I was writing my notes here that I think that it is me feeling the ADR is affecting the way I feel about the scene. Because I think Absolutely. there are particularly the moment between Josh, Josh and, Arnold and Arnold at the end... With the maths? Is... Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. One of my Just favorite moments beautiful. in the show, I think. That but that between them. Like yep. showing where they've come, how they've gotten to that point, right? Because you see throughout this season Josh trying to, you know, figuring out how to deal and help Arnold. Arnold, right? And now they've gone to this point where he can be like, okay. We're using maths here. Yeah, he knows how to. He he knows how to calm him down. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a beautiful moment, and that moment works great. It's just that we spend so long on that goddamn observation wheel. And my my other problem is as well is that 
that it's the bottle episode thing. This is the same problem I have with episode ten. Is that they're like, I love a great bottle episode, but it feels. I'm thinking about a bottle episode. If it's a little clunky, is it feels very sitcommy. Yeah, and it feels unnatural, and everyone has to be their worst version of themselves. And these are bad people. We've talked about this before. Like they're assholes, sure, but there is a real lack of social etiquette going on mm-hmm. here, and that always feels cheap to me. So when people are saying things that are super dumb, or I don't know, it, I, it, it while it's well written inverted commas, I also think it's. Um, Trying to do too much and that makes it feel unnatural. You're, you're, it's forcing- you're adding all this up together to have a real big opinion. Like, uh, sure, I understand what you're saying, right? Yeah, but and but I do think there's a lot to do with the 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 way it was made. Is it, it it brings you out of it and then you really start assessing the episode more because you're already assessing how probably badly it's yeah no made. I agree I think I think you're right I think just be, the ADR issue the audio issue highlights other issues because that's already from that moment you're yes. not engrossed in the scene in the yeah. scene in the episode. I am removed from yeah I am I am not in already removed so you're not you're not I'm not as immersed as immersed, I should be. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that's true. But that doesn't make the, the my problems any less valid. It true. just yeah absolutely it makes them it, it just it, it just it brings them it makes you easier to assess that. Exacerbates the problem. Exactly I think is yeah. the is the issue. But like I said, this time around it didn't bug me as much because you knew already. Well, I, yeah, exactly. I was expecting it, and and yeah, and so I was able to look past a little bit more. But I still think it's the most sitcommy and least um, natural part of nearly the entire show. Also, mm-hmm. after living there in Dockland, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see them from the observation wheel, you idiot. I think I Josh didn't care. He wasn't even looking. Josh was looking. No, he wasn't. He was looking in the right direction. <laughs> uh, you can see them. From where Alan's standing, you can see them in the observation wheel. So this is th- is you this your daylight thing? Is this, this your is, like? This is my daylight thing. This is your like. Oh, it shouldn't be this dark when it's this close to Christmas. You can see them from the top of the observation right. wheel. Uh, there you go. Then that point though, we're talking about the, our problem with that episode. The next episode is also a bottle episode where every major character is not themselves. Is I I I want to say. That they're going for something specific here. So the the scenario is they're all over at Josh and Tom's place for Christmas dinner. And it's a scenario we've seen before where everyone's the whole family, inverted commas, is is around the dinner table and tension builds. And people are saying dumb things and getting each other's nerves and truths are coming out and stuff like that. But I don't think they set that up. Probably, probably necessarily. The idea that Christmas brings the worst out in people, I don't think it's quite... It's never bookended or, or presented well enough. And then everyone's just, again, it's a complete lack of social etiquette. No one is doing a very good job of just, can we just talk about fucking anything else than what we're talking about? Yeah. They keep... Everyone just allows these people to snipe each other. The only person that does say, oh, just can we just drop it, is May. Yeah, well, May's the best person in, on that table. Absolutely. She's got the best. I Tom, think- Arnold, uh, uh, Josh says it at the end, it's like he's going through everybody, his little monologue at the end. It's like and he's going, and and May, May- May's fine. Why'd you get me this book? Because it was cheap. Fair, Fair enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bit I liked. I actually, I, I remember hating that monologue the first time around, actually liking it a lot more the second time around. Um, so that was a good step up because I think Josh. 
think, formed I think the crap maybe, out of that bit, actually. I thought it was really good. I think the the reason that this maybe doesn't work as well... Again, it's sitcom but is, yeah. ...is that... I don't think there's been enough build up throughout the season for this kind of stuff. Yeah, it needs to be like if there was this if there was this stuff coming back from earlier in the show yeah. that got then revealed yeah. or, or like brought out for everybody to be to hear. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't that build up of tension to have this explosion. Exactly. So, to speak. so it all happens in one episode rather than it happening throughout the season. And a lot of it, yeah, that's it. And a lot of it is re-bringing up things we've already discussed. Yeah, we discussed and we're just talking about things we know. Yeah, the May and Tom and Claire stuff, we just had this last episode that was better. Yeah. We don't need that again. Um, the stuff with Hannah, we know that Hannah doesn't work well at parties and stuff like that. The stuff with Rose, we've been there. The stuff with Alan and May, we've way past that now. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. It just doesn't feel like this episode needs to be there. Which is why it already... feels like to me like it's a standalone episode yeah. Christmas special. Yeah. It's a sucky way to finish the season is the problem. It is. It's a real shame. Um, again, I think I like the idea in concept, but I just doesn't. thing is, though, it's one me, of the worst episodes of the show. What that feels like to me is... After being at film school, it feels like this was pitched. This episode was pitched as a short film every year at film school. I wonder I that you just made me think about that a bit though. Is this a funding thing? Is this a maybe we have a limited budget? Let's do this one. Let's episode do an episode the Melbourne at the Melbourne Star because they'll pay us to do it. Or there. they'll let us be there for free. Yep. And let's do an episode that's just just in the house. Here's a good idea of how we can do a bottle episode. We'll have the whole cast there. It'll be cheap as chips. We can film it in two days. Um, and it'll be, you know, a great way to finish the season, have the Christmas episode. But it served more as a way to balance the books than it did to actually serve the story. I'd love to know the answer to that question. Do you want to ask Josh? Do you want to yeah, let's, let's just tweet hit him Josh. up on Twitter? <laughs> hey, Josh. <laughs> I know someone who knows him. Let's, we'll get them on to ask for us. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. And it's it's a shame that two of my least favorite episodes happen at the end of the season. And we haven't even spoken about episode seven yet. Oh, episode eight yet. Um, which is, we haven't talked about Ben yet properly. Ben. So, Ben is this guy that Josh meets on Grinder that he invites over now that him and Arnold are in an open relationship or understood to be an open relationship. He invites him over. He's very nervous about it. Um... And then he come, this Ben guy comes over and he's just saw this weirdly intense. It's funny. He looks intense. He's obviously a bit older than Josh. Um, he's, I don't know. I don't know how to describe Ben. This is the problem. Serial killer? He looks a bit like that, but well, he's probably not that, that weird. The main thing that's sort of... One of the we- one of the things that defines him is that he's someone who's living with this potential to die at any moment. Uh, this, he's got this cerebral an- aneurysm in his head that could at any time, essentially, is a ticking time bomb. He could just have a headache and then die, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the episode's a lot about Josh just getting to know this guy that he's sort of forms a connection with, and how what that means to him in an open relationship with with um, Arnold, I guess. I don't know. I never... I'm not invested in it very much. And I think partly it's because jo- uh, Ben is very nothing to me. Yeah, this this storyline is as dramatic as the storyline is about Ben and his aneurysm. Yeah. Right? 
it it it's more serves as a catalyst for possible problems with Arnold and Josh, which is fine. Sure. I understand what that is, and it's like exploring the like the stresses of a uh, polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. and what that stress that potentially could have on 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 their relationship together. Unfortunately, I'd, 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 at no point did I think, oh, Josh might pick Ben. <laughs> Like should, should I know he's should, agonizing over it, but if he did, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you choosing Ben for? Ben exactly. is boring." Exactly. Yeah. Ben. Like he didn't seem like a character that that really had any. He just doesn't feel like a character from this world. He feels like he belongs in a completely different show, and I don't even know what show that is. But I don't feel like it's this one. No. I. I it's. I don't know whether it's casting. I don't know whether it's writing. I don't know what it is. But I, without any sort of attachment or or. Affection for that character, it really under undermines what they're trying to do. I think with that storyline, this actor is yep. also in Rosehaven, and he plays a very similar character. He does. I d- he does play a similar character. I quite like him in Rosehaven. Yeah, though. I think he's great in Rosehaven. I think he plays that character I think it well. But it works it, but better. It, it's in, also bigger. In bigger that. Yeah, he yeah. plays it to a more bigger degree. He actually he doesn't just look like a weirdo. He is a weirdo in Rosehaven. Yeah. In this, he looks. Like I keep talking about how he looks like a serial killer, but he's actually quite fine and logical. Put together journalist, but that makes him less. Bo- that makes him boring. Exactly. <laughs> it's he needs. It's just another boring boy for Josh. Yeah, and less boring, even more boring than Jeff. Jeffrey. More, Jeffrey's yeah. at least eccentric a little bit. Is he more boring than Patrick? Um, at least, at least he's got a backstory. Yeah, at least he's got stuff that he's. That's happening in his life. Is he not, is he more boring than Patrick? Maybe, maybe at least Patrick I found to be funny. Like yeah, Patrick Patrick could joke along with the other ones and like as as he, he was too cool. Like he was his problem. Patrick's problem was that he was like he was trying to be unaffected, and so but at least he could have a few funny barbs and snipes in there. I don't really think that Ben has that. He doesn't connect with anyone else except Josh. Yeah. And so he exists in this ethereal plane outside of the rest of the show. He's talked about um, not really interacted with by anyone except Josh. I, I, I don't know. I don't love it. I, again, I feel like if you could scrap that storyline and find another way to put tension between Josh and Arnold and sh- shorten the season by a couple of episodes, the show would be better for it. Agreed. It's two episodes too long. Do you have any other insight into Ben? I feel like I'm not articulating that particularly well. No, no, well. I, I completely don't... agree with you. It's just as he interesting. There's interesting conversations that they're having, sure, but has no real effect on me. Yeah, and the story. Yeah, like there was some it, it, that episode sort of show. It's it's really a nothing episode, except for maybe again that episode is. A, Add some more tension to Ben. Sorry, no. Uh, so Tom and Ella's relationship because of something that happens in that episode, where yeah. where Tom it's, it's kisses Claire, Claire. Claire kisses Tom. Like Claire initiates it, but Tom joins she initiates in it to test him to test him. And that storyline is kind of interesting. We're learning a bit more about Claire and where she's in her life. We're learning that maybe she doesn't really belong to this group as much as yeah. she used to, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But it's unfortunately that would be if we could have focused on that more and less on Ben and Josh, I would have enjoyed the episode probably a bit more. Um, so there is there are there are nuggets in there that are good, and there's a specific one I want to talk about a little bit later that starts the episode that I think is genius, but it's also one of the reasons I dislike the episode. We'll come back to that. 
But yeah, the Ben thing doesn't work for me. I I I appreciate what they're trying to do, what effect it's meant to have on the on the Arnold and Josh relationship. I like where it gets us to in the scene. I was talking about that bit in episode nine, the bit with the maths bit where Josh is sort of able to calm Arnold's fears mm-hmm. and where it gets their relationship, the tension there at the end of episode 10. But Ben himself works as a device. He doesn't work as a character. Yeah. And for someone who ends up being in essentially three episodes of the season, that yeah. sucks. Uh, especially when other characters come in for one episode like Arnold's parents and like like that, they just work. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's, just, it's a shame that Ben can't. He's just not a memorable or interesting character at all. It might have a lot to do with the fact that he's not interacting with anybody else but Josh. It, it doesn't help. That's for sure. Do you have any specific notes, things you want to talk about before we get start wrapping this up? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we've, we've gone over everything that I really wanted to mention. All right. Favorite and least favorite episode, starting with your favorite episode, Liam. I struggled with this. And I... Th- In a good way? In a good way, because I think two episodes in particular for me were outstanding for different reasons. Sure. So episode four is Spring Water. That's so Spring Water. Natural Spring Water, which is where we meet Ella for the first time and the uh, Tom, Arnold, and Josh take MDMA, and this one that Josh Thomas directed as well. Yes. Yep. I think for me, that episode was... There was, there was certain, there's a part of it, once they're in the hospital, yep. from that moment they're in the hospital... There's some really great moments, like yeah. when Tom is on the phone with with Alan, Alan. Uh, May is on the phone with Josh. Yep, uh, you've got Arnold and and Ella, Ella talking, talking yeah. about how, and how Ella's going to break up broke up with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Some really interesting stuff there, and I think there's some really good like for the moment you finish the episode with Ella, you're like, I love Ella. It feels like a pivot point in the story as well. It's like yeah. an interesting, it's an important moment where exactly. big things start to change for everybody there. So that's... Yeah. And that's it's done very good. well. I yeah. Think. And you also get that, obviously that scene as well with Alan at the end where it's just all comes to a head mm-hmm. and he's just pissed off and frustrated. His frustrations come out. I think that's really well done. But I think episode five though is I think the best, my favorite episode. Um, Cock of Inn. Cock of Inn. Um, so I think it's it, it goes over a, a week or... Six days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. I think it is. I think it's Sunday five. because Sunday's they, they the day. Kill her, they kill Adele on Saturday, and then they eat her on Sunday. So one of my best, one of my favorite scenes, just one of the funniest scenes, is when they're talking about killing Adele in front of Shakira and <laughs> and Beyonce. Yeah, and it's just when it's like I don't want to kill it. We have to kill Adele. Like <laughs> it's just one of the most. If you took that 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 conversation out of context, yeah, it would be one of the funniest conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, it was funny anyway, with the weirdest conversations. But yeah, that 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 episode is great. Like we we learn more about Ella, the relationship between Ella and 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 Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire comes back. Claire, Claire comes back. Claire comes back this episode. I mean, that enough is a reason to make Claire, one of Claire's back. Claire's back. Claire's back. Claire is clearly in a weird place. Yeah, she kills. She kills Adele. Um, it's very emotional. Very emotional about it. That's, again, a perfect... Like, it's so amazing. Like, her and Ella have almost a bonding moment at that point where yeah, Ella is holding the cone. Claire and kills Tom Adele. doesn't want to be there. Doesn't, doesn't want to be part there. Of and then, again, Josh is like, okay, I'll look after this. You guys are all right. It's okay. And, and Claire's sitting there with the blood on her hands. Oh, and, I love that. And Ella is it's cry, it's crying as well. It's, it's just a really interesting moment. It felt then, really... Real I and really, confronting as it should be. Okay, if we're talking about 
episode two's ending. Yep. Where they sing. Yep. So yeah, but then they do episode five ending where yep. they sing Adele. Yep. I. Do you think that they they nailed it better? That's better. That one. Better. And do you know why? Because, because the camera pans away from them, not doesn't try and get all hokey and get in their faces. It doesn't pan. It's awkwardly around them. Yeah, but then it leaves, and it's and it's an it's a sweet, and it, it it's still uh, it's still a little hokey. Sure, I think, but because we give it some distance and we isolate it a little bit more, it puts it in context. It feels. You feel the space around them more, mm. and I it doesn't because the problem with the episode two one with Alan and Arnold is they try and the way it's shot is to make it bigger than it is. Whereas this is not that they try and keep the they're, they're explaining this in a moment between five people, not that this is like some deeply emotional moment. I don't think it is an emotional moment. It's their best way of processing or putting a button on this thing. It's their best way of honoring this. Rooster named Adele is to sing an Adele song. Yeah. And it's silly, sure, but they're silly people sometimes. And you don't think the scene I think I think it's lovely without being overwrought. You don't think the scene in episode two works more because of the, the setup that Josh has put that in. No. In terms of him directing this this happening. No, because to me that makes it less genuine because Josh is forcing this on Alan and forcing it on Arnold. And it feels less like it's anything. Okay. Alan has got much more important things to be doing now than pretending to be Arnold's. Yeah, but it's more dad. about it's more about helping Alan get his it's also about helping Alan get his mind off what's happening with his life as well. I don't think it need to be that. Okay. I just I I don't know what it's doing or saying. It, it, especially because it tries to be Bigger than it should be. It's trying to make fun of it and also be meaningful. The first time you watched this I season, don't did like you it. think that? Yeah, I did. I never liked that moment. Really interesting. I don't. I don't hate it the same way that I've like. I like intellectually, my mind is is annoyed by the things in episode nine and ten. But I just, I just feel like that moment is not as effective as it, as they wanted it to be. On a scale of because it's trying too hard. On a, on a scale of it's dark outside. And, <laughs> and and bad audio. Where does it fit? <laughs> it fits between. It fits okay. in between the dark outside. The dark outside is not really that big an issue. I just I just thought that was a fun thing to pick sure. on. Sure. Yeah, you say that now that I've made fun of you about it. Um, but I I still think the Adele thing is a bit twee. But I can admit that I feel that about Ella as yeah. well, and still enjoy her for what she is. Um, so I don't mind that one as much. Cool. In fact, I kind of think it's okay. All right. Anyway, episode five is my favorite. Honorable mention episode four. Well, episode five is also my favorite. Oh, well, there you go. It's. I think Cockavin just has a lot of things that work for it. So, Claire comes back. That's already great. Mm-hmm. It's got this interesting structure, which is a little bit new, where it's going sort of counting down the days to what they're doing. I think it's an or it's a good episode to see these people having to make very... It's like it's not a, the biggest event in their life having to kill Adele, but you can see them having to kind of make adult decisions about some of these things. Oh. Like they're confronted with having to kill something, and um, you know, rectifying or solving their own problems, and even getting their hands dirty doing so. And who is capable of doing it, and who isn't? Josh wants to do it but can't. Tom doesn't want to be anywhere near it. Arnold can't be there. Um, 
Claire ends up being the one who does it. And it says a lot about her character that she can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... In a way, I think it's going to inform things in season four without getting ahead of my, ourselves. I think it also informs decisions she makes later as well. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, when you then put that in context, we find out that she's pregnant and yeah. that wants to have an abortion not too long. I think... I don't know. Just before this scene, I think. And when you place that where she's at emotionally what she the decisions she's trying to make at the moment yeah about her own body and then what she does she's the one who is able to get her hands dirty and kill Adele I, I don't know I just think there's a there's a lot to read into that it's it's thematically rich mm. and that I really like and and I, I think a big part of it is just that Claire is there you've got Claire and Ella and Tom and Josh who are all being great yeah and we can just enjoy them it just feels good to have the, all those characters there. Arnold. And Arnold, when he is there, he's not there for the whole thing, but he's there. He's in and out of that episode. It also becomes, it almost becomes a housemate show. Yeah, but it's a really good one. Yeah. It's, I really, I just think it's a really strong one. Um, and I, even though I don't love the stuff with Stuart and Rose and Hannah, I like Hannah in this episode too. This is the one where she gets really irritated with him and like kills the oh, orchid on the purpose. Orchid, yeah. Um, and calls him out on being a real shit guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I appreciated. It was a nice her, moment for Hannah. Her hips, yeah. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that moment too. So, I think that's my favorite. I think it's just the most round, well-rounded episode of the season. Although, I also want to give an honorable mention. You gave it to Natural Spring Water, which I think is good. I also want to give an honorable mention to Amoxicillin. And even though the bit about May showing up when it's way too dark annoys me. <laughs> well, that didn't screw, skew your... That's that's the reason. That's the reason. That's not my favorite, yeah. <laughs> sure. No, I like the... Again, there's a Stuart bit in there, which is good. Even though, again, it's more a reflection on Alan than it is on Rose and Hannah. The way they deal with Stuart is very funny. I think it's very Alan. Yeah, it's very Alan. <laughs> very Alan, which is very good. Alan and May, that, them together there and is And seeing great. them together like that is good. Um, but I... It's just a really funny episode. This awful plot to drug to Ella. drug Ella with this chlamydia, chlamydia medication medicine. is so funny. It's really funny, and just as everyone finds out, like the initial when Josh decides that it's because he has worms, and and he obviously hasn't thought this through enough <laughs> at all. And then Claire just like you are gross, you are disgusting, and then and Tom's eating and still because he knows it's not real. Yeah, yeah, and just. Watching this plan fumble. It's like, and I'm not somehow gonna they eggs, fumble the way through. <laughs> I'm not going to let, let eggs hive, like, what is it? Um, like, incubate for incubate, a bit. Just, just so you can have dessert. dessert. Yeah. <laughs> and, is, then, and then Arnold finding out that he lied. It's like, this is the nicest thing I've ever seen Josh do. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just some really great moments in there. And then, and then ha- poor, and Grace happens to be there. Grace happening to be there. And then poor Ella, actually, they, it does work until Tom fucks it at the end. And then that's an interesting conversation. Because um, Tom lied about having a sexual health test when he really hadn't. Bloody blah, blah blah. There's actually just a lot of great stuff happening in that yeah, episode. Also, a great episode. I really, really enjoyed the episode. I'm watching again. I was like, wow, I, I really like this episode. I, it deserved to mention. Least favorite episode, Liam. What is your least favorite episode? Episode ten. Episode ten. So the Christmas trifle episode. Yes. Only because it doesn't feel like it fits the. Sh- with it's the, the least please like me episode of the, any season so far. Yep. Uh, something I wanted to bring up that I, I wish I'd brought up before. Tom, in particular, is yeah, a what the fucking why has been such a dick? dick. Why is he such a dick to Arnold in that moment? I don't know. He is so like I know Tom can be a, 
douchebag sometimes. But he knows that Arnold has anxiety and stuff, yeah? He's like, being a real proper... It's just, I like, don't Like Draco that. Malfoy asshole. It's like just because he's spiteful. And I don't get why he's doing he's it. Gravy. He looks so proud of himself that he could make, he could be the winner of this like awkward moment. It's such a fucking. Yeah. It doesn't, as much as Tom is pathetic, I don't think he's that pathetic. No, not at all. That really annoys me. I agree. One just moment to- I love in that episode is Ella saying, Did you know, did I tell you I'm Jewish? This is truly. Exhilarating. Exhilarating. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. There are, there are definitely moments Great in moments there. moments in that, but you're right. And like compared to, a, there's still a lot of TV shows that couldn't pull off a show, an episode that's this good. This is still, no, still a good television show. It's just the worst episode this season, from just your opinion. Because it, it, for me, it, it feels like it should have been an, a Christmas special. Yeah, like that came out six Again, months. You feel like three, it, three to six months later, it doesn't. The Doctor feel, Who Christmas special, exactly. it doesn't fit in the, the full season. Has no overall bearing on the whole show. It's just a little bit of a like. It doesn't. It what happens? The world it doesn't doesn't feel like it's warranted. Yeah, like I feel like it. Yeah, it just didn't didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's the problem. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. That's the problem. My least favorite episode is episode seven, Puff Pastry Pizza, which is the episode that introduces. Ben. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about my problems with Ben, and we've talked about why I don't like that episode because of how much focus it puts on this nothing character. Yep. But I also want to highlight possibly another reason I don't like it. And what I think this is the reason I despise this episode. And this is something I've had with other, other media in the past. It's irrational, but I stand by this is my feelings. So, okay? the whole episode is set at night, and this is <laughs> this, it's about... Seven o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> and we know it's close it's to Christmas. Close to Christmas. He so mentions taking, about it, taking his friends this close to Christmas. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. All right. Here's the scenario. I'm going to talk about my previous problem with this. My least favorite episode, my least favorite movie in the Harry Potter film franchise is The Goblet of Fire. And there are, two, there are a couple of reasons for that. But number one reason is that the movie offers me something and takes it away from me, and I'm left feeling like I've been deprived of something great. That's them being kids, them hanging out. Yeah, is what in Goblet of Fire? Goblet of Fire? No, 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 no. The problem is they go to the Quidditch World Cup, oh, and, and they have the build-up right, okay. to the Quidditch World Cup, and they say, "Let yeah. the games begin," and then we cut to after the Quidditch World yeah. Cup. Now everyone knows that Quidditch is amazing, and Quidditch matches are great, especially when like just school Quidditch matches are exhilarating in that film franchise. And we're about to see the world's best playing a Quidditch match, and we don't see a fucking second of it. And it's one of the best <laughs> chapters in the book, and I love it. And the fact that it's not in there makes me irrationally angry. <laughs> and I despite... There's a couple of other I think things. the world agrees with you in this part. I, I don't know if the world's going agree with you in the next part. I also don't like what... Uh, I don't like Ray Fiennes as Voldemort at the end of that movie. Yeah, but that's beside the point. For that reason, and I accept this, I have an irrational dislike for that movie. It's my least favourite of the eight Harry Potter films. This episode of Please Like Me starts with a brilliant idea. Tom has made a piñata that is full of secrets of his and Tom's and Claire's. And I love those three characters together. And we get through the title sequence of them bashing on the piñata and secrets start to come out and they start to talk about each other. And it's a gr- and like you can see them laughing, you can see where they're hurt, you can see their anxieties and and issues with each other as secrets come out. You can see them 
we're having an interesting interaction with these three characters I love, who unfortunately, because Claire is not always in the show, we don't get to get enough of. And then the show goes, nah, let's abandon this brilliant concept and we'll just go and make Josh sit in a spa with this boring character for the rest of the episode. And I know it's irrational to want more of just like... If every episode of every TV show could be a bottle episode, Brod would be so happy. I love bottle episodes and I love them when they're good. And while I have a problem with two bottle episodes this season, that one would have been great. Um, Just the three of them... Bashing a piñata full of secrets is one of the best ideas for an episode of television I've ever seen, and they squander it, and they waste it, and I'm upset by it. I'm, I feel like something's been taken, it's been offered to me, it's been teased in front of me and taken away that from me. should have been the last episode. It would have been so good. I, just, you- I know how good that could have been. It was already great. I want you to watch a TV show. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Right? It's British. Yeah. It's called Him and Her. And it's literally, all the show is... Is these two people, this couple, mm. living in an apartment together, right? People come and go, characters come and go. Sure. But they, these two never leave the apartment. Okay. Okay. That sounds great. And it's like either the bedroom, the bathroom, or the kitchen, yeah? And they're all in a very small part. So, like, you, there's a shot that they have constantly from the front door where you can see all three bits at once. Yeah? Right. And this is the show. This, this, I, and it's great. Cool. I love it as an idea. You're going to love it. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) like I would. Because everything is an episode. Every episode is a bottle episode. It sounds like I I really enjoy it. I just, I've talked about before, I love bottle episodes. They are such a great, they can be so effective. You can just have a simple concept and explore it for 25 minutes. (coughs) And they had a great concept that they should have explored for 25 minutes. Instead, they explore it for three and then they let it go. All right, I agree. And I know it's irrational, but I it will always be my it will always irritate me, much like the Goblet of Fire. Because you know it's never gonna happen. Because I know it's not gonna happen. It should have happened. Well, what you should do is just everyone puts their I'm gonna write some fan secrets. fiction. Everyone puts their secrets in a hat. You make this TV show, bro. Everyone puts their secrets in a hat. And I'm gonna steal it. I'm gonna steal it. I'm honestly gonna steal that idea. Because it's just so too okay. good an idea to be You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Roderick is going to plagiarize this idea. <laughs> He says, I'm going to. This is proof. <laughs> it won't be a piñata. <laughs> hat's a good idea. Yeah, everyone puts a secret in the hat. We all pull it out. Okay. This is like, have you heard? Of, I haven't seen this movie yet. There's a movie called uh, Perfect Strangers. Yes. Which is about these people. Uh, I think they're having dinner. I, I think it's maybe two, three couples or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and Jeff Goldblum's in it. I, no, I think it's... I, no, I'm pretty sure it's... Is it new? It's newish and it's like... An, oh, I think it's like an different. Italian film or something like that. I want to see because I love the concept. It's like six people at, at dinner and they have this thing where if your phone goes off, you have to share whatever it is with everybody else at the dinner table. That's a great idea. Isn't that a perfect concept for like Everyone, a movie or an yeah. episode of television? I love it as an idea. And apparently the movie's quite good and I haven't seen it yet. That's what... It's that sort of concept and it's... it's Goes. It's just not. It's just abandoned. Let's move on. Let's move on. So episode seven is your least. Episode seven episode. is my least favorite episode, Fair which is enough. surprising because I thought it was going to be nine or. Well, I knew I didn't like that episode too. I always knew the back half of this season was problematic in a number of ways for me. I didn't have as that many problems with the episode as well, I mean, I, you're saying it's your least favorite because of what I have, it could have been. I am passionately a, like I have passionate issues with this problem, with this episode, which is dumb. I know, but I, I that's the way I feel. Fair enough. Deal with it. Fair enough. Final score and ranking. Start with your score out of five. 
I want to say four again. I, I'm exactly the same. Every, I'm also giving we've it said four. four for every season, yep. right? All three seasons have been four, and I feel the same way. And funnily enough, every season has its own strengths and weaknesses yep. that are unique to each season. Mm-hmm. And overall, though, I'm happy to say about every season, though, that the strengths well outweigh the weaknesses. Absolutely. Um, but they all end up seeing about the right, same place. I'm starting to try and figure out what that is. I'm interested to see what my final score on season four is when we get there. I've only watched that once. So I've only watched yeah. it once, and I I believe it's a very strong season. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about it and exploring it for a second time. Whether it can rise above that four or it's going to stay about that four, I'm not sure. I think that one really- of the reasons it can't, it might never get to a four point five or a five for me, is that because the show is a little bit cynical and everyone. There's, there's not enough likability in these characters for me to really love them. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of shows that I adore, right? And I adore Community and I adore Parks and Rec. And I know these are the completely different shows. Yeah. Right? But there is that extra half a star tends to come from me just... Routine. Like just adoring these people and being yeah. around them. Yeah. And I feel I think you'll feel the same way about the office, the American yeah. office, right? Absolutely, yeah. There, there is so much, yeah. Because I can go back and watch the last episode of the office, and Scrubs, the first before before interns, that thing, yep. Um, Friends, whatever, Parks and Rec, and cry because because you I love the, love characters. the characters exactly. Right. Don't know if I do the same with this. Well, please like me as much as I like the characters. I like the show. I like how real and honest and familiar it feels. I don't love Josh. I don't love Tom. I don't love anyone in this show. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the thing that I will always appreciate it and really enjoy it and, and praise it to high heaven. It's real, I think, is what it has as opposed compared to those other shows. It doesn't, but it, the the thing is, it's not, and this can be a problem sometimes in shows, is sentimentality. Mm-hmm. I think those shows are a lot more sentimental, the ones that I love. When this show tries to be sentimental, it doesn't fit like the end of episode two, which you tend to like more than I do. It feels cynical to me in this show, and therefore, I'm kept at arm's distance. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean the show is bad or that it's a bad decision. I think the show is what it is, and it's a really good show for what it is. I don't want it to be necessarily be The Office or be Community or be Parks and Rec. But it might be the reason I can never give it five stars. I think it's it's interesting just watching it again. I'm realizing what my real feelings about this show are mm-hmm. as we talk about it more. So that's interesting. However, let's talk about rankings because we, while all of these are four stars, which is your favorite, middle, and least favorite episode of the season? season of the show. Can I give you mine? Yeah, I was surprised. What you like this season the most? Season three might be my favorite season so far. Wow. Season one is second, and season two is my least. And my, I remember talking last week about season two. My problem with it is that I got bored yep. in the middle of that season. Yeah, and I think that is season. a bigger sin than being frustrated. Considering that they're both 10 episodes long, yep. la- season two did feel like it went longer. Yes, it, feels, it drags a, lot, a little bit You're more. right. And as much as I, there are, there are things I actively have, find problematic about this season is at least more interesting and more engaging overall. It does feel like it's coming into its own a bit. That's the other thing, right? Yeah. And so the reason it rises above season one is that it's much slicker 
um, and the acting is better, and it, I just feel like it's more confident overall than season one. So while season one is more effective than season two, from a storytelling perspective, it is also clunkier and not quite sure what it is yet, which is the reason that it's it doesn't rise above them. I agree with you. So season three for me, I, I, I think I've spent the majority of this podcast talking about the things I disliked about it. Yeah. I, I think at the start, we did a good job of praising it, but... It's easy to talk about the negative things sometimes. It's hard to just keep going, oh, I love this, I love this, I love this. I, th- I think, yeah. But, but I was never bored, uh, which is a bigger sin than that's what season two commits. So I'm going to get, I think season three is my favorite. Season three, then season one, then season two at the bottom, which su- really surprises me. I didn't think I was going to feel that I think way. I'm going to say that on par one and three. You think one and three just sit equal first? I think so, yeah. And I then second goes then to the second bottom. Goes to, yeah. I just it think there are things missing from this season. For instance, the Rose stuff. Sure. With with Josh. I guess I balanced that out that Josh and Rose had a lot of stuff in season two. Sure, but I I think there's there's yeah, there's there's things missing from the season. You that, feel that gap. I feel that gap. Sure. Um I don't think it's better, but I don't think it's worse than season one. Cool. I think I think it's on par. Can I say that? Yep. Am I'm I allowed to do that? that? You're allowed is there <laughs> there's no rules? You're a you're a guest. You do whatever you want. Make yourself at home. All right. Well, this has been hunting season. <laughs> Bugger off. <laughs> That's my job. But we will end it there. Thank you very much for saying that. If you would like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast or Hunting's Cast. You can email us at Hunting Seasons Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at B Gordes, B G O R D E S. Liam, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. At Liam Gordis. Yes, I have nailed it. I have said it right this time. I've changed my username so this works. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> so we were it's all at Liam Gordis. L I A M G O R D E S. Very nice. Gordis. You say Gordis, it's like goddess with an R or gorgeous with a D. That's yeah. how I'd explain it to people. Okay, anyway, good. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Good big thank yous as always to Sean Kirkpatrick who designed our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find him and his work at Sean Kirkpatrick Designs dot or follow him on on Instagram at ShawneeBoyDraws. Uh, you can also find Jordan Calavis, who we like to thank for writing and performing our fantastic theme song at SoundCloud.com slash classic JREX. That's classic J R E X. Please, 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 as always, please review us on iTunes. Like seriously, I still haven't done this. You keep telling people to do this. I hear it constantly every time I listen to the podcast. Every time you say it to me, to my face, this is it, though, right? This is what happens. I'm guilty of this too. Shows ask me to do this, and I go, "Yeah, I'll get around to that." I never do. But as someone who's now creating content, I need to tell you, it is so important. There is no better way to support us than to just give us that star review at least. On iTunes. It's how people will get to hear out the podcast. If you like the show, please consider doing it. If I haven't, by next next week, you can slap me live on oh, air. Wow, I love that. You set your own your own stakes here. I like that. I accept these terms. Next I'm week. Gr- I'm glad that that'll be really good for the audience, won't it? Yep. It'll be great. I wouldn't even know if it's real. I'll know if it's real. That's the important thing. <laughs> I don't care about the audience. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll be back to talk about the final season of Please Like Me, season four, and wrap up our discussion on that. We may or may not have Damask here for this one. I'm not going to guarantee it. I don't know for sure. 
I would like to have her on because she has watched the show up to about the middle of season three. Mm-hmm. If I get her, I would, I'd like to get her on because her opinion on the show is very different to ours. Um, and that would be good to get her opinion on it. Um, and also because she hasn't seen season four, we have before, she'd be fresh eyes on it. That'd be pretty cool. I would even guess that based off what she's told me about what she doesn't like about the show, that she might like season four the most, even though it's got the least Claire in it. Which is yeah, one of the she, she really likes. hates it, maybe. Except I think it's a really focused season. I'm really looking forward to talking about season four. Me too. And what has it served, how it works, not just as a season of television, but as an ending to the show. Because season four is the final season, and that's where the, the show ends. There is no going to be no season five, even though season four only finished airing a few months ago here. Um, so look forward to that. Thank you very much for listening again. Thank you for joining me for this again, Liam. No worries. And we will see you next week. Bye for now. See ya. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.